Welcome to Below the Fold, the most honest and raw digital marketing podcast around. It's good to be back. Coming back with a bang. I might be hiring someone to speak for me. So you think you're an SEO ninja, eh? That was just my little fantasy in the back of my head. Here's the tip. Oh, I know the tip. Are you the one who told me the tip? I need you to come up with 50 business ideas. I'll be back in two hours. I think I need a new title. Hello and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold. This show is for marketers, startups, and anyone else wanting to know the ins and outs, the ups and downs of digital marketing. My name is Jacob Perry, and today I'm joined by Brandon Hassler and Derek Turley. How are you guys? Great. Fantastic. Awesome. In the hot seat this week, we have Sterling Turley. It's kind of a mouthful. Uh, (laughs) Sterling is uh, Derek's brother, so we're a little nepotism this week. A little bit. Just a little bit. So, Sterling, um, I know Derek calls you Stir. Can I call you Stir? Yes, please. Awesome. So, Stir, why don't you take 30 to 60 seconds to tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah. So, uh, I'm Sterling Turley, as he said. I am uh, homegrown here in Utah Valley. Um, currently, I am the Director of Operations at Frontier Secure, um, which recently was acquired by Sykes um, Enterprises. Um, and I... Uh, handle and manage the Intuit partnership over at uh, Frontier. So we work with uh, accountants, uh, small businesses, uh, payroll um, to support the Intuit partnership and have been doing that for a little over two years now, Um, but also have uh, an extensive background in in the startup realm with uh, the marketing and event promotions um, with a company called Spingo. So hopefully we can talk a little bit about that as well. Oh, we'll talk about it. Okay, so before we really dive in, we're going to get into some current events. I'm going to pass over to Brandon because that's his domain. Ain't that the truth? Hmm. Um, So I have two things. One is an actual current event. The other one is a comment I read on Facebook today that sparked an interesting discussion in my head with myself. So I guess it's current. (laughs) I'm not sure which one to open with, but... um, Flip a coin, man. Was that? Flip a coin. All right. All right, looks like we're going with the uh, article first, because this is a quick update. <laughs> that was the worst sound effect I've ever heard. <laughs> you're you're going to digitally add in a coin flip, right? No, I'm definitely not. Okay. <laughs> um, so YouTube this past week, um, I think, just celebrated their 10-year anniversary. I could be wrong on that, but uh, in celebration, they have launched a new design for YouTube that you can test out. Uh, it's in line with their material design. So the way you can access it is go to youtube.com slash new, and then it will open up YouTube with their new design. A lot of minor changes. Um, one of the big things that people are talking about is the dark mode. So if you've ever used gaming.youtube.com, you've kind of already seen YouTube with its dark mode. Um, but now that's available for anyone to use. So currently I'm sporting the dark mode on YouTube where it basically just turns your background black. All the text turns into uh, gray and white. And yeah, it's kind of interesting. We'll see if it actually sticks. I'm not seeing anything new. Did you go to YouTube.com slash new? Yeah. And it gave, it gave me kind of the, it gives me like a splash page. Try out our a fresh look for YouTube. And I said, go to YouTube. Are the titles of the videos black or blue? Are the titles? Yeah. Like all the u- titles of the videos on the page. They're black. So you're on the new design. Has it always been like that for you? I don't know. It doesn't look that different. Yeah, it's a lot of minor things, some font changes, more spacing. How do I turn it into dark mode? It's full width, and so it's not in the container anymore. So if, you, if you're on a huge monitor, YouTube will still stretch edge to edge. Did you say try it out on mobile? No, dark saying, mode. how do I get into dark mode? Up at the top right corner, you got your personal navigation. You can click on that, and there should be an option to tick on the dark mode. Oh, yeah, there it is, huh? So, yeah, I, uh, I kind of think it's cool. I watch YouTube daily, so it's nice to have a fresh change on things, but comment section I'm not a huge fan of. So that's one update. Not much there, but thought that was interesting. So you just did a YouTube video on this. I did. Did you get any traction? Yeah, it's actually done fairly well. Gotten a couple thousand at least. I haven't checked today. Oh, wow. But he's so successful, he goes a day without looking. Mm, I do check my Amazon affiliate revenue, though. <laughs> Keep a close eye on that. 
Um, yeah, I did do a video just kind of visually outlining some of the changes. It did better than I thought it would. It's the videos that I put very little effort in that always go, they do very well in terms of views. Were you about to say viral? No, not viral. Okay, good. I was not, they're not Have viral. you had one that's gone viral? My biggest video is like 170,000. So not really viral at all. You're the man. Cool. But yeah, it sucks because I don't do my full research in those videos and then I just get ripped apart in the comments yeah. every day. Yeah. So real quick, uh, talking about virality, Derek, as an influencer marketer, how do you define virality? Oh, that's a great question. I think it's through all of the social channels that you're uh, working with. I mean, it's got to be know, relative, regard. right? Like, yeah. you don't have a set number. No, like, so, so let me actually do a little bit of uh, self-promotion here for Vivint. <clears throat> Self, um, self-promotion, self-promotion for Because it makes me look really well, <laughs> really good, really awesome. Yep. Uh, we, Vivint, had their first uh, video for, uh, for a, a YouTube influencer this week, uh, The Malia Show. If you go to YouTube and search uh, for The Malia Show. You'll see that she posted um, about uh, Vivint Smart Home. Mm-hmm. Um, Is hers five. daily? No, she. I think she's Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then does a YouTube live on Sunday nights. Okay, but uh, some of hers go crazy big for her because she's got 150,000 subscribers, um, and then some just stay at that 5,000 views to 10,000 views. Anyway, this one, right? Ours is at like 6,000 views right now. Um, 300 thumbs ups, uh, 90 something comments, but then she also has it on Instagram. So how many thumbs downs? Um, I don't look at that stuff. Oh my gosh. It's like Uh, half an inch away from the thumbs up. It's half full. Okay. Anyway, um, I know that it's not appropriate to say the, the response here as far as number of cells, because we're private and I've been counseled on that before but it's done way better than we expected and our cost per sale is lower than ever and we'll see how the installs go but high intent leads uh, there's not as much time on a call because they're so educated youtube has proven um to be this top of funnel to to sell bottom of funnel such an effective tool to push that consumer or interested user so quickly, like we've talked about, and I couldn't be more thrilled because even with that number of views, our response has been through the roof, and and uh, uh, yeah, just just a lot of excitement around our next influencer and the next and the next and the next. Yeah, yeah it's gonna be awesome. Okay, so uh, I I do have oh you had a second thing, Brandon. It was a comment that I read on Facebook today, and the comment was Instagram Stories are the new vlogging platform. And I thought about that, and I was thinking, yes, it is. And then I asked my wife, who I think is your typical consumer. Um, she uses technology. She, <laughs> she does not by any means, like, enjoy or geek out over any type of specs. A phone's a phone, whatever. And I asked her, would you be more likely to follow someone's life on YouTube or on Instagram stories? Without even hesitating, Instagram stories. And so I feel like, uh, and I've even been thinking about that. Like every time I think about, oh, should I start doing some vlogging type stuff? I think Instagram's the easiest way to do it because you can literally just pick up your phone and start recording and you're doing a lot of bite-sized content. You can't monetize from it like you can on YouTube, but if you can build the audience, as we've seen many times in the past, brands will be happy to get involved with their checkbooks. So I thought that was interesting. I wasn't sure if you guys agreed or disagreed well, with that statement, with a sample size of one, it's really <laughs> hard to. I'm I'm hoping to open it up to a sample size of three three more people here. I would agree, 100. percent I would agree. Easy. I mean, I it's quick. You don't have to go through and do an extensive search. It's right there within a couple of couple of swipes, and you're there. So I I would second that. I agree with Stir. I do. I find myself watching more Instagram stories than I do YouTube videos. Um, cause I like that it's quick and effective mm-hmm. and that it's done. So if you're able to effectively communicate, Hey, this is something, whatever the product is or service or whatever you're trying to communicate and go here and it's a vanity URL that's easier to, rem- to remember. Uh, I agree. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's, uh, something I, well, I know 
right off the top of my head. More interested. Jacob, you're the only one left. I add to my early stage study. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm qualified. I, I don't know how well, or I don't know YouTube vlogging really. I will say this though, Sondra Schroeder, if you're listening, uh, do you follow Sondra on Instagram? Don't you, Brandon? Mm-hmm. So Sonder, he pretty much does a, a daily vlog, and uh, based on the content, it should be called Charlie Chronicles <laughs> because yep. it's literally 100% him following his daughter around. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, I often find myself look or watching the Instagram stories for the main purpose of just getting them off of my, uh, <laughs> like, you yeah. know how it's like, it's colored. Yeah, you it's want color. to, I, I, like it, it's, it's almost un, like it's, a notification it, yeah, it to feels, you. It feels unfinished. Well, there's. I think that proves the point. I mean, the fact that you already know what Sonder was posting. Who knows? For all we know, Sonder has a YouTube channel, and we've never even seen it before. But Instagram, it's just yeah. You just want to see what's going on in other people's lives. Whereas a YouTube video, it almost feels like, do I've got ten minutes to spend? No. But if you can follow someone throughout the day as it's happening. And it's real time. You know that it's going to be gone in 24 hours. I think it's interesting. So I would definitely agree that uh, if you're looking into vlogging or any type of content creation, Instagram stories is something to be uh, taking seriously right now. So next to Sonder, I think Brandon probably does Instagram stories the second most of all the people I follow. Well, then you don't follow a lot of people. That's true. I'm on and off. So I do have one other. I have a story, too, when we're done with... Uh... Brandon's story. Is it about an influencer? No, this is pretty cool about what Domino's has done. Okay. You're familiar. Go. Let's hear it. This is awesome. So the title, Domino's just made pizza ordering a thousand times geekier with its coolest innovation to date. In a nutshell, um, Domino's has a tracker when you order a pizza, and this follows the progress of the oh, yeah. order of your... Did you hear about this? I've just seen the annoying commercials with that kid from Stranger Things. So they have an event oh. tracker, and I'll just give you this little blurb. For example, when your pizza goes into the oven at Domino's, you could have Nelly's Hot in Her automatically <laughs> play on your musical device at home. When your pizza order is out for delivery, you could have you could turn off your sprinkler system and turn on your porch lights to make things easier for the delivery person. The options are endless. Lastly, these are the four triggers in the Domino's tracker. Order being prepped, order in the oven, order out for delivery, order ready for pickup. I know Jason, or I know JP, Jacob, he's probably going to say this is stupid. I don't care. I just want it to be there. I think someone who's interested in knowing when that's coming is a cool marketing tool. To say, okay, here's what we're doing to let you uh, in on, yeah, like, here you have visibility. Uh, here's where we're at. Here's what we're doing. And I think that is kind of cool to manipulate. Okay, how the whole do I process. turn my sprinklers off and turn the porch light on? Go get, well, you just go check this out and you'll find out. No, why don't you? I mean, that's the point of the show. So it's so the plug in like right. you don't have to look it up. I'm promoting for free Domino's new uh, gig. So, so, there, so new really, solution. the answer is you don't know. That's what JPL says. <laughs> so do, is it? I do know. Okay, well, tell me. Nope. I would assume it's this is a, the time I'm going to hold my guns. Uh, I would assume it's a Domino's know. app that works with like an Amazon Echo, Google Home, and then if that is plugged in with your smart home, if your home is set up that way, then you technically have the capability of doing all that. So what 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 I'm hearing is that Domino's innovation is riding on the coattails of Amazon and Google's innovation. Is that that's how you make it? In Aren't there a lot of companies that do that? I think they're going to be <laughs> like Vivint Smart Home. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's a cool story. Thanks for sharing that, Derek. Sure. Okay. Any other current events? We kind of got a a, a good smorgasbord of uh, info there. Is that it? Um, is that all we're talking about? No other news. I know we were talking about some influencers beforehand. Not sure if that's newsworthy though. We can if you want. No, that's TMZ. Okay. That's not. Yeah, let's skip that. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sterling, what's your middle name? Wallace. Sterling Wallace Turley. That's easier to say than Sterling Turley. Yeah. Uh, Sterling, 
Uh, you are the director of operations at Frontier Secure. Correct. It's secure, not security? Secure. Okay, so what does Frontier Secure do? So we are uh, a, a partnership company that um, connects with large companies like an Intuit or Capital One and handle all of their, their customer support um, for different verticals within their business. So specifically here um, in the Provo uh, Linden area is the two, two sites that we have. Uh, we focus on high-value customers for the Intuit project. Uh, so accountants and enterprise customers with larger businesses, and that covers a variety of, of payroll and, and tax and uh, end-of-year taxes and, and all in between there. So, um, yeah, so we are, we are relatively new um, from a Frontier Secure perspective, uh, rolled out in 2013, um, which is a sister company to Frontier Communications. Uh, which launched here in Provo uh, around that 2013 time frame. How is, um, do you have a marketing department? We, we do marketing recruiting as, as we kind of group it together. What does that mean? So uh, our main, so part of the business is we, we hire a lot and our marketing efforts is to focus on getting applicant flow to, uh, to get agents um, into our business and to help us support those customers. So we have a large marketing effort into recruiting people to to come work for us. Hmm. Uh, and you mentioned earlier that uh, it was recently acquired. Correct. So we actually just recently announced um, at the beginning of the month that we have been acquired by the specifically Frontier Secure uh, by Sykes Enterprises, um, which actually did a recent acquisition not too long ago with ClearLink. So if you pay attention to ClearLink's name, it's ClearLink, a Sykes company. Um, so they also uh, have acquired uh, a ClearLink as well. How much? How much did they acquire Frontier Secure for? Ooh, that's something I can't divulge. So you have the answer? I don't. Don't. He does have the answer, but can't say it. Or no, that's not true. Wow, you Turleys, man! <laughs> you guys are so, so cryptic. Yeah, uh, Derek. Yeah, uh, it sounds like maybe you have a better idea of what uh, Stir can and can't say. What do you, What do you want to know? What do you, what, well, what do you, what Sterling, do you think? I, I feel like the value of Sterling being on this podcast is twofold. Uh, with Spingo, I was super impressed because he does. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. He 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 has not graduated from um, a college yet. I don't know if he plans to. Uh, his accomplishments are crazy. Uh, awesome, uh, without a degree, which has been a topic on this podcast quite a bit. Brandon doesn't and, have a degree. I know he doesn't care if I say that. They're definitely already out there. <laughs> there, there. So with Sterling and, and the success that he had at Spingo and the way that he has been able to build his own brand slash business and network, because I don't think Sterling will be at Frontier or any other company for a long time he's been able to garner a reputation and influence him within himself and 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 how he's built relation built and maintained relationships that speak to small business small business marketing follow up um being able to say okay when i do have the idea because we've talked quite a bit and there's a lot sterling has to offer and, and what he's thinking about for the future uh which i'm excited to get into but when that time comes, Sterling's prepped himself, in my mind, to be uh, pretty successful rather than someone that just has a good idea and says, well, I'll try this out, try to go pitch it or try to try to accomplish it. So the groundwork, the prepping, uh, everything associated with getting to the point where you're like, I'm actually going to do this. Sterling has the strengths and I think insights to offer our audience Um and I know I'm putting some pressure on him with these, this, but a lot, I think a lot of brotherly love there. Well, so, it's not so brotherly I, love. It's, let it's, me, it's truth. It's not a compliment, Sterling. <laughs> it's 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 a fact. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So he mentioned Spingo. We have not uh, introduced Spingo. Nobody knows what Spingo is. I shouldn't say that. I'm sure there are people who are listening who know what Spingo is. What is Spingo, and why why would we why would we care to talk about it? Like what? 
when we talk about startups, right? Like our audience is startups. What benefit could, or what advice could you give them from that frame that would help them in their own business? Yeah. And let me start off by giving just some background of, of where, you know, Spingo came from. So I came on board uh, back in 2013 and there was uh, the founder and, and uh, CEO of the company. His name is Craig Peeler, who, who just in, in the startup phase is just a, a war horse. The guy is, is, is resilient, um, uh, extremely smart, but he had this idea where um, he, he has just has a, a huge um, understanding and uh, knowledge of event promotions. And he, he identified a huge gap within the event promotion industry where event promoters struggled really hard to get their events consistently um, out there for um, a good cost and also getting people to come out to the event and then also not be a one-time attendee but come every single year or if they promote other events that they know about them and that's in a sense of building that brand and he he saw a, a huge gap with these event promoters that they knew how to set up the event they knew how to make the experience really good but the promotional or marketing side of it was lacking immensely so l- l- let me stop you real quick uh, I feel like it's slightly detached like I'm not fully understanding when you talk about event promoters, can you pull out a specific example of, of a promoter and we can kind of dig into more of a case study rather than kind of having this nebulous um, kind of yeah, ideal so out let's, there? Yeah, so let's look at uh, – this is, this is a, big, a bigger event. Some of you guys might know this, but Life is Beautiful down in Las Vegas, a huge concert series with uh, a three-day festival with uh, 50 different performers and five stages – and they block off downtown, some of downtown Vegas, for this to happen. Okay. And the individual, and typically those types of events, will have a marketing team, to, and usually two to three people. Um, but that marketing team really consists of talking about local promotions, but also the event setup. They somehow morph that marketing into also the event setup to say, we're marketing when they're here, but also that digital marketing aspect and guerrilla tactics. What are we doing to get out there? But their job is to basically get as many attendees as possible to the concert. Bingo. So they are, their success is tracked off of ticket sales. Yeah. Yep. And so that's where they, you know, a lot of them were were old school and and having a hard time understanding the, the digital age, if you may, and keeping up with the new methods. And, and that's where we, he saw an opportunity to really step in and help out those event promoters to become more efficient because they will, they'll pay if you know that, if they know that you have a, an efficient solution and you have good contacts and you have a platform that can help them, they'll they'll pay attention. So this is Spingo. Correct. Right? So Spingo specializes in marketing for event promoters. Bingo. Are they considered a marketing agency? No. And we, we, you know, and that was, it's funny you bring that up. A lot of the times it was, you know, sometimes it would get morphed into that if they didn't fully understand it. Yeah. And, and let, me add, let me add some context. So it started off with, you know, as, as a startup coming in, you're, 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 you're having ideas flow left and right. And you're drawing things on the board of how you can expand the business and what's going to work and let's run this A-B test. And, and it's exciting. There's a thrill to it. Mm-hmm. Um, when we started, it was we're going to identify uh, individuals or companies, specifically media companies, that already have a following and let's piggyback off of that following to, to capitalize on these events to help them promote. Um, so we targeted media companies. When I say media companies specifically, like here locally, KSL, um, radio stations and their websites, all of these media companies have an event section on their website or within the newspaper. Yeah. Horribly managed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, they don't. They can't get the content through. Um, they're always having to go out there and and manually input the events. A lot of it's inaccurate. Well, we created a database where all these event promoters would come and add their events nationwide, and we would section it off by area to then provide that as a content feed and power the event section of these websites. And that would be white-labeled, obviously, for that specific. So, for example, you go to KSL and you click on events. That page would be powered by Spingo, but all that event content is then provided by Spingo as well, but it's helping that event promoter get the word out. Spingo. Is that uh, is there orange in that logo? It's, it's uh, like a bright green. Do okay. you know where Boondocks is? Yeah. It's right, right there south okay. of it. Okay. And uh, so Spingo, is, uh, how long did you work there? 
uh, three and a half years. Why'd you leave? Uh, you know, it came to a point where um, startups are hard. They're exhausting. And um, obviously, that wasn't my idea. Yeah. And it came to, you know, we went through some ups and downs from uh, rounds of funding, working with local venture capitalists and, and venture capitalists in San Francisco. And uh, it came to a point in my life where I needed a little bit more stability because we wanted to grow our family. And sometimes the startup game can be, I miss the thrill. I've been out of it for about two years. Um, but it can be scary when mm-hmm. you're trying to plan financially ahead. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was probably the biggest reason. So I, I'm I'm going to turn over to Derek here. Derek, you in some ways in the past have been an event promoter. Is that right? With in some ways, <clears throat> with Excuse your me. outdoor expo thingy. Yeah. So was uh, did you ever have a, a kind of a relationship with a spin go? I mean, how did you how did you promote your own events? It, it was more traditional. We did bring SpinGo in, and we had a budget and received a grant from the state to promote you yeah. know, this expo. And Did you get a family discount? What do you mean? <laughs> when you worked with SpinGo. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were overcharged. <laughs> family it's fee. A startup that was one of the line items. No, so we, we did go with value packs, and we went with different magazines distributed uh, locally, and, and, and we just had more traditional and uh what i felt was very uh ineffective traditional Um, meaning you were on billboards and you had flyers and you had print yeah there wasn't a lot of uh mobile you didn't do like facebook ads no there there, i mean there was a little bit but the i i did see the budget i knew where the money was going and it was not where i felt it should we are you know here in 2016 17 uh well it's been going for three years so 15 through yeah through now so uh sterling was was talking about kind of the struggle that promoters are feeling because they aren't trained they're not up to date on the current best practices for promoting events did you see similar struggles a hundred percent i i really believe from my experience um that sterling represents something very unique here with spin go and what we're talking about People will always hold to what they think and feel is secure, that there's a deep foundation laid, which we know through old tactics that might still work in some areas are going to yield some type of response. Those responses are decreasing. Online, um, promotion through, like we've talked about, I know it's a broken record, influencer marketing, one of them. Uh, Facebook ads, another. Trying to be innovative, and strategic in a new way for all the tools we have available today to get in front of the eyes of those that are interested. Um, there's some weird fear to try to go after it. And that was the case with the Big Outdoor Expo. It's just like, nah, 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 nah. Let's just do the billboards. And, and those are expensive. And it's kind of funny because those are more expensive. And I felt like they yielded a, a worse response yeah. comparative to a... Um, Cheaper solution, you know, going you can't online. Track it. There's nothing to track the real success there. It's hard. It is hard. Not impossible, but it's hard. Brandon, you've also done events. Mm-hmm. Are are is this ringing any? Uh, is this resonating with you at all? Yeah. Um. One thing I was wondering: would I be correct in assuming that most of your potential customers, people who are researching when you were at SpinGo, were comparing you to Eventbrite? often yes yeah, right on because yes. that's how i've heard because so, i've looked into i've talked to spingo before like when they first started out uh, about event stuff and then i've looked into them for events and i've talked to people i think fitcon in utah mm-hmm. uh they used uh spingo and, and he loved it we had him on the show uh fitcon remember um yeah i remember Dallin, Dallin rogers yeah yep. down yeah i know down rogers and then you yeah we'll, we'll get into it a little bit but spingo is actually connected to uh, FitCon in a very big way. Oh, really? Their ticketing solution. They actually partner with the ticketing okay, uh, provider yeah. there. And that's what he was saying because I, I think a lot of people, when they think, okay, I'm going to throw an event, Eventbrite has done a really good job at just, you know, you got them and then you have meetup.com. Uh, but I think the reason they're big is because you can use them for free starting out. And it seems like SpinGo is the, if you have a big event where you're dealing with like ticket offer. sales and you need to track all this stuff, SpinGo is the better solution. And that's, you know, what I've heard from 
from Dallin, and I'm looking at your LinkedIn, and I see that you are the, maybe this is incorrect, Director of Strategic Partnerships. So I guess my question is, what was, and, and maybe this wasn't in your area, but considering you were in partnerships, uh, maybe you were, but what was like the big method of getting in front of these companies who who were running events and just were thinking, oh, Eventbrite this, or we do this solution? Was there a channel of acquisition that you saw or maybe heard in the halls that was just killing it for Spingo that really helped you guys get in the conversation with those bigger or more well-known companies like Eventbrite. Right. And, and, and funny thing is by the time I left, we were in conversations of a partnership with Eventbrite because we, we did take it kind of a step further because Eventbrite, you know, provides that, that ticketing platform. Mm -hmm. Um, But the promotional side of it is very weak in my opinion from the Eventbrite side. They provide an easy solution. Don't get me wrong, but really getting the word out there. It's on you. It's exactly. And that's where Spingo can kind of come in and help. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take this and maybe this will be a, a different direction of answering this, but the strategic partner side and, and I, I think it's okay to talk about this. Maybe this will be editable, but we'll, we'll see. I think we'll be fine. Um, so, uh, we partnered with capital one, um, and it was interesting because we were looking for these bigger companies that wanted to expand um, and really get into what they call the, the lifestyle brands. And uh, Capital there, One. There, there were some air quotes there, just so. <laughs> for lifestyle. Oh, yes. Lifestyle. Sorry, yeah, lifestyle. There we go. Sorry, I should have said that. Air quote. Lifestyle. <laughs> close air quote. Um, so they, uh, um, they were looking when they were developing um, their app. They wanted to provide... A solution for their users to say, hey, um, for example, you're coming into the app. They say, what's going on here locally? And uh, they said, this is what the events are happening tonight. They can actually custom their profile to say, I only want to see these types of events within that lifestyle app. And then Spingo would be the back platform to provide that content as they filter down. So the um, strategic partner side was saying, hey, we have all this event content that's real live accurate data because that's one big thing that you did not have with a lot of the other event companies was you 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 put in this event information and is it, is it really accurate? Well, we had a whole team to to uh, check the quality, and it really was happening, um, and uh, make sure that the ticket links are accurate and that the tracking methods are set up right. Well, yeah, we were powering the back end, and they did. They powered the back end of the event content for that app to go out to the users, and obviously they're running some beta tests and. Um, you know, I didn't. I don't know exactly where that left off, but um, huge part of where Spingo was heading, um, and it was it's powerful because there's there's power within current live accurate data because when that event ends, that content is valuable no more. But mm-hmm. it is it is accurate within that time frame from when it's posted to when the event happens, and accuracy is key. And too many times, it's people. I'm sure people will show up and say, "Man, the event's not happening." Stir, yeah. how, how did you get into the the door? How did you get your foot in the door, you know, strategically to, you know, for small business uh, owners and marketers trying to make sure they can communicate a message? What was your strategy? Yeah, so small businesses, when you're working with them, and my experience is efficiency. They want to cut down uh, the amount of work that they, they need to do because they have a lot of stuff to focus on. Um, so going in the door with these small businesses, um, I mean, we'll talk about small business cause we did apply to them as well with different open houses or, uh, different events that they were trying to throw. Um, we would provide that solution to say, going kind of back to those media relationships and this is kind of all over, but the media relationships is you post one of your events. Well, we have partnerships and we power the calendars for a hundred plus media sites in Utah. You post it once it goes to all of those media sites within one post. Hmm. When beforehand, they had to go to every single site and post it on every other media site that they yeah. had. So one post covers it all. So I've got, I've got, I'm going to change the subject just a little bit. Stay on subject. Change the direction a little bit. If I am an event, or sorry, let, let me take a step back. If I'm a, if I'm a small business owner, mm-hmm. right, and, and it doesn't matter what the business is, uh, and I want to put on a, an, an, an event, right? And, and so I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not a concert event planner where I'm trying to plan events every month or every week or every quarter or whatever it is where I'm doing the same tactics. I'm, 
I'm like Brandon, right? Where Market Campus, I have, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm a, a classroom setting, right? But I want to, I want to do an event, kind of a one-off event, uh, to get more and more people to get interested and to, I'm, I'm using it as a way to promote my business. What would you tell that business owner? would be kind of the, the steps one, two, and three to get their, their event promoted and, and distributed and out there for people to, to people to see. Yeah. So I would, um, you know, we always would check to see, you know, do they have any type of social media stance to begin with and what can we capitalize on that, uh, specifically. And it really morphed into, um, you know, right now, how, how are they approaching their followers and is, and is anything being effective specifically with their social media accounts? More times than not, no, um, because they're, they're very um, new to the game, if you may, what you're saying as far yeah. as that goes. Um, so we were walking through the basics of just saying, you know, what is the event? Um, let's break it down to what audience you were trying to or demographic trying to target specifically. Um, and then from there, what is it that you're wanting to get as far as attendance wise? What goals do you have? And really saying, what are the expectations here? Let's let's build a campaign around that. Um, and then talking about, okay, if this is the demographic, then we would go back and we would identify, um, okay, here are our partners that have an audience that would relate to that type of demographic. So if we're talking about an older demographic, maybe it's 94.1, right? Promoting on the, the radio stations. And it got to the point where we could not only power the uh, events calendar for that traffic and you know, there, there's a decent amount that goes there online, but then getting them some airtime, working on different packages to work with those media companies to say, hey, let's let's promote on the radio. Now, in the beginning stages, you got to identify, are they looking for just a, a free promotion and just want to use the basic um, the basic options or what type of bu- budgets do they have? And, and, and understanding that, hey, with this type of budget, this is the type of response that you're, you're typically going to get. Um, whether that's through social media. Now, it did morph into kind of back to your question about is it, is it an agency? Yeah, there's a lot of individuals um, like that small to more medium-sized events that don't have um, the the social media marketing or the digital marketing understanding um, or knowledge, and that's where we would come in and actually help them set up their, their social media pages and run Facebook or, or Twitter or Instagram ads for them um, if that's something that they're interested in. But it, again, it would start very basic with what are you trying to accomplish? What type of uh, attendance are you looking for? What is the demographic? Then from there, building that custom campaign based off of the relationships we had. How, how much lead time do you need before an event to promote the event? Uh, great question. And, and I th- hugely under, uh, under, misunderstood within the industry is, um, you know, you're, you're looking at, because um, you have your early bird buyers, right? Yeah. And you'll see these ticket promotions go up where it's early bird, you know, get 20% off. And then you have your last, you know, your last minute buyers where the prices will hike up. Um, with that, you know, approach, you're, you're looking at a good 90 to 120 days that you really want to start the early bird specials. And again, it depends on the, the type of event. And, and we learned that it was, it was interesting as the startups, you know, was going along. You learn a lot about the industry and the behaviors of your, of your customers. And a lot of that we didn't understand, but we were identifying that as we would go through and say, okay, 90 to 120 days, people are starting to search for, hey, you know, especially within like uh, the summer months right now, these, these event goers are anywhere between 18 to, to 24. They know that coming up in the summer, I have X budget, you know, I want to go to Country Fun Fest or I'm going to go to uh, at a concert at, uh, at the uh, Vivint Center. Um, okay, well, what's playing? Well, they're starting to plan right now for things that are happening in August and September. Yeah. So I have a question on this uh, as a pivot because obviously you, you're you not at Spingo. You learned a lot there. You're in a role now that I, I, I'm wondering what the marriage is here. How did what you learned there and, and the the processes help you to be effective with succeeding at the job that you're at now? Because for our audience, building a business within a business is where a lot of people are at until they make that jump. Yeah. And I, I know I'm transitioning with this, like so that's we're doing that with this episode. But yeah, how did how did what you learned there and uh, the processes and understanding how that all worked uh, help you to be effective with succeeding where you're at with uh, Frontier and specifically in what ways? Yeah. So it you know it's hard to if you look from the outside perspective in. 
you know, Spingo was a, a very small startup and then going to a, a bigger corporate company, if you may. But um, <clears throat> the, the biggest correlation and, and you start to, and anything that you're involved with specifically, it's going to be the, the passion side of it. So while I was at Spingo, you know, you, you have to be either bought in or it's not going to work. And you have to not have that uh, fearful attitude as far as stuff comes away that I don't know. I'll figure it out. doesn't matter what it is. Um, carrying over to specifically where we're at now within Frontier, um, it is uh, still that same mentality. you got to keep it very, uh, I bought in. It's, you're going to come across that struggle specifically. And doesn't matter what comes, I'm going to figure it out. How much, excuse me, how, 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 uh, how much, uh, online marketing or targeting does Frontier use to recruit? And, uh, do you manage that actually? So no, I don't manage it directly. We have a, you know, I oversee it, um, and, and look at the, the, uh, the analytics and, and stay close to that, but we do quite a bit. Um, and that's more specific on, uh, Pandora is a big, big feeder for us. Um, we've, we've, we've branched out to Spotify to see what we're, we're doing there or what we can get from there. But, uh, Pandora's big. Um, the, the ads, that demographic, uh, and I'll be honest, Pandora's pricey, but we've seen the return on what we would like. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into specifically how we, we look at the ratios as far as our return on, on investment, but it's, um, they're pricey, but we get the return we need. Um, Another one is, uh, you know, Facebook has been, when we're specifically talking now, let me kind of get background on, on the marketing, what we're trying to do. It's we're promoting jobs. We're promoting openings for, for call center agents. And um, Instagram has been um, our second best. Um, and it's, uh, it's interesting that the, the click-through rates on our Instagram is absurdly high. Um, you know, we're talking the, the 20 to 25 range percent-wise. Um, but the the conversion there as far as them actually falling through and filling out stuff is extremely low. Very opposite on our Pandora. Um, it has whatever, whoever clicks through and comes through, uh, we have a high rate of them actually filling out and completing the form uh, of showing interest. So very interesting. Um, very, very effective, though, as far as in our demographic specifically here within the, the Utah Valley area. Do you think you'll ever go back to school? We're all over the place. Of course I will. Okay. Eventually. I mean, I, I think that's another thing. I kind of go back to your question earlier is don't ever feel like you're, um, you're too good for knowledge. Always be that sponge. Um, and it's been huge. Do you uh, think school is the best place to get the knowledge? No, no. Uh, on, on-site experience. Um, and that's, that was one thing that turned me off was when I was, cause I did go to a good chunk of school, um, you know, two and a half, three years. So I don't got that much more to go, but I, I realized at that time, I was like, I'm learning a substantial amount of more valuable tools and skills with what I'm doing here than I am in school. It was, uh, I found myself being bored. So it was, um, and again, it, and it, 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 you got to take that to, to commit. Speaking of boredom, this is so <laughs> off topic, but you're playing with a fidget toy here. And so I do a, a lot of Amazon. Is that affiliate. boring to you? No. So let me, let me tie this in. So I do a lot of Amazon affiliate marketing, and so I can see all the purchases that people make. And uh, like two weeks ago, someone ordered like 60 fidget toys, and I never heard of these things, so I click on it. I'm like, what the hell? And it's like great for uh, ADHD and, and anxiety. So I, was, so I looked up some YouTube videos on it, and there's people showing what it is. I'm like, that's interesting. And then all of a sudden I start seeing like articles on these and like huge YouTuber influencers breaking down these fidget toys. And then now I'm seeing like all over the place, people at the, the at the grocery market and at the gym at the, at I have the seen someone studio. at the gym. So, uh, so Sterling, does this help with your ADD? Does Sterling have ADD? Oh, should that be the first question? <laughs> well, I'm wondering, have you, did you just recently get this? Yes. Cause no. I didn't know this was like a fad until I, I just Googled to confirm. I just typed in fidget toys, and there's like a million articles about how controversial these are right. in like schools and stuff exactly. right now. Teachers not wanting them, but then they're saying that it actually helps kids focus. And 
I've had it for two weeks, and hands down, it's been the most productive two weeks of my life. No. <laughs> <laughs> my life has changed. Yes. No, I actually, I, I saw this, because uh, I kept seeing it in my uh, Instagram feed, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, it's getting annoying. Um, and then I was actually at a gas station in, uh, here locally, and they had a little box of them. I said, you know, I'm going to try it out. And since I bought it, I can't put it down. I, I, I keep it in my pocket like I do my cell phone, and I'll take it out. I almost... I honestly like as I, I as I talk and I'm on the phone or I'm even just sitting there at the computer. It's I'll find myself typing one handed just because I want to keep it in my hand. It's kind of so maybe maybe that's a bad thing, but no, I I can I it almost helps me feel like more confident. It kind of sounds weird, like it's like a stress to, ball, yeah, but more is, fun yeah. to play with, right? Yeah. So you would recommend getting one then? I would highly. It's, yes, it's like his, I'm ordering one then. It's like his blankie, right. <laughs> his security blankie. Okay, so we're running out of time, but I do want to take a quick segment and do a uh, do a quick little quiz here. Is this an extension of uh, digital marketing roulette? No, it's not. I want to know how well Derek knows Sterling. <laughs> so, uh, Derek, what year were you born? Me? Yeah. 1982. 1982, and Sterling was born in 1987. Is that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did, yeah, yes. Derek told me earlier. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that's about five years difference. My brother is six years older than me. Uh, would you guys consider yourselves pretty close? Yeah. Do you live cl- close to each other? How often do you see each other? Weekly. Is Sterling left or right-handed? Right. He's right-handed? Yeah. You had an 89% chance of being right on that. <laughs> throwing, uh, <laughs> throwing the pigskin back and forth? That's Yeah. You're going to yeah. know. Yeah, totally. Uh, what is Sterling's favorite ice cream? Uh, uh, what's uh, uh, on Goonies? Rocky Road. Rocky Road. Uh, is it Rocky Road? No. No. It's vanilla. <laughs> it's it's uh, cake batter. Oh, cake batter. Nobody would have ever guessed that. 31 flavors? Nobody would have ever guessed that. Well, I'm not asking <laughs> you to guess. I'm asking you to tell me whether or not you know. Uh, what is Sterling's shoe size? 12. That's uh, correct. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And and what is his pant size? Thirty eight or forty two? Wait, that's I'm a sorry, big range there. <laughs> yeah, pick one. <laughs> wow, depends on if he's working out or not. <laughs> uh, is it either that's one how of well those I know two? Him. It is the first thirty eight. Thirty eight. Okay, one last question, uh, Derek. What uh, was Sterling's second grade teacher's name? I'm just kidding. That's a stupid question. That was a stupid question. I don't even know her name. <laughs> um, I can't think of any more. I'll tell you something about Sterling. The the his one skill. This is not a compliment. It's a fact. Sterling is incredibly good, not just at being nice and kind when you meet him. His follow up, and this speaks to small business. His follow up uh, to maintain relationships um, is something I admire. And I just think it's good for anybody, not just on the personal level, but it's uh, easy to build a business. And it's easy to uh, rally the troops or even get advice from those who have succeeded when you maintain relationships like Sterling. And that's just a big strength of his. So that's really nice of you. That's the truth. Should I be expecting a follow-up email after the show? Uh, And a present. Yeah. Usually flowers. Flowers, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I like flowers. (laughs) Uh, last question, Derek. Sure. What scares Sterling the most? Oh, me. <laughs> Is it? Yes. With the shirt off. Exactly <laughs> oh, right. golly. I think Sterling's worst <laughs> fear, honestly, would probably be, um, the fear of the unknown. And uh, it's not that he's so prepared that it's scared. It's that Sterling's somebody who's, I think he's pretty organized. And so you throw something at him, and I'm talking just life, life events, where life's at, business, anything. Um, give him a heads up. Hmm. I was looking for, like, spiders or... Oh, I don't know, sir. What are you scared of? Hmm. Dad. <laughs> who, who would win in an arm Who would win in an arm wrestle? Stir. What about a leg wrestle? Me. What about a thumb war? Me. Okay. And started in response, so I think that's uh, him. I'm here. Yeah. Who, who, who do I hear, like, making weird noises on the mic? 
Someone's like, uh, Probably me. <laughs> someone's like purring or something. Anyway, that's all the time we have. Uh, Sterling, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been great. Uh, if anyone wants to reach out with follow up questions, are you on social? Like, what if, uh, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, LinkedIn. You, you can also say, I don't want people to reach out to you. No, I'd love to, <laughs> love to hear from anyone. LinkedIn is, is a great, uh, great method. When I looked, there was no profile picture. What? Is it, did you see a profile picture, Brandon, when you were on mm-hmm. LinkedIn? Oh, it must have, it must I was like, have, this guy looks just like Derek. Yeah. It, yeah. it must have A little been more handsome. Like, I don't know what it was, but I didn't see a profile picture. that picture. It better be showing up. Oh, well, I'll go double check that. If you've listened and you've enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a, leave a review. Uh, alter, uh, also, you can reach out to us if you want to suggest topic ideas or if you want to nominate our next guest. Uh, you can email us at inbound at belowthefold.io. Alternatively, you can reach out on Twitter. Our handle is at BelowTheFoldIO. And uh, next week, we will be off. We will not be recording next week. Uh, After that, the plan is to start Season 4, which means this is the finale to Season 3. We're leaving it with a bang, Sterling. We saved the best for last in Season 3. With Paxton leaving a few weeks ago, we thought we would cut the season a little bit short. We've been doing a lot of planning towards season four. We're really hoping that uh, that it kicks off with uh, some amazing reception. We're looking to start doing a live video feed. So we record every Thursday at around five p.m. I imagine that's when we'll we'll probably maintain the same time slot. We're going to go live on YouTube and live on Facebook. At least that's the plan currently. Uh, we'll have a 360 cam that you can hop on and flip around and look at whoever you want. You can check out Derek Turley's pretty face, um, match uh, the voices with the faces, whatever you need to do. We have a lot of things planned for season four, which will kick off on May 25th. Sorry, we're going to record. Yeah, May 25th is when we're going to do our first live broadcast. Uh, the recorded version will then go live the following Monday on May 29th. So May 29th. Uh, if you have questions, reach out. If you want to connect, please reach out. We love hearing from listeners. Uh, and that's it. Until next week, until two weeks from now, until season four, we'll catch you below the fold.